This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you're looking for a place where you can meet like-minded women, study God's Word with your favorite authors, and have a whole lot of fun while you're doing it, you belong at Lifeway Women Live. In each city, we'll explore a different way we pursue Christ together as a community of believers. Lifeway Women Live features some of your favorite authors and Bible study teachers, like Jennifer Rothschild, Jada Edwards, Jen Wilkin, Jackie Hill Perry, Lisa Harper, Kelly Minter, Christy McClellan, and more. Join us in a city near you. Learn more at lifeway.com slash lifewaywomenlive. And don't forget to come early for You Lead. You Lead is an all-day event helping women lead wherever God calls them to lead. Whether you are leading in women's ministry, Bible study, a nonprofit, in your home, or in the marketplace, You Lead is for you. Find out more at lifeway.com slash You Lead and check out all the cities where you can join us. Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heineman, and my co-host Kelly King is actually traveling right now. So she is not going to be co-hosting with me today, but it's totally fine because we have two guests instead of just one, and we're so excited to talk to both of them. Jennifer Rothschild has been on the podcast before, but we are so delighted to get to talk to you again, Jennifer. So give us a little bit of an update. Tell us about yourself, your family, and your new Bible study, Amos. Well, I love being back on the Marked podcast. Um, So about myself, I've been a Bible study teacher with Lifeway for many years, and I'm super thankful for that. It's been one of the best experiences of my life. I'm married. I have my very own Dr. Phil, I call him. His name is Phil, and he's a professor, so there you go. Mm-hmm. We have two sons, and one is married with three little grand boys, and the youngest is still single and available, so I am <laughs> taking applications. We got a little diva dog named Lucy who runs the house. And besides that, what else about me? I love dark chocolate. I love strong coffee. I love to read dead authors. And I happen to be blind. So there you go. (laughs) There you go. And our other guest today, you may have heard him laugh for a second, is Mike Wakefield, who is my coworker and Jennifer's editor for Mm -hmm. Amos, the Amos Bible Study. So Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and what you do at Lifeway. Sure, and thanks for letting me be on the Mark podcast. Yeah. Uh, honored to be here. Yeah, I, uh, Mike Wakefield, I've been at Lifeway for 19 years. I came to Lifeway, um, the, when I first came to Lifeway, I was with the uh, student ministry publishing team. I uh, was there for 12 years, and then now seven years, I've been with the women's Bible study team. Um, so before that, I was a pastor and a student pastor in the local church. Um, I'm married. Uh, Trisha and I have been married for 35 years. Uh, and we have two grown children. Our daughter uh, is uh, 32, and she is actually still single. She's beautiful and godly and smart, so she also <laughs> is available. Uh, this has but- turned into a matchmaking uh, podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so she is an uh, English professor at a 
a local university in our state, and then our son uh, is married, and we have two grandchildren. We have a two-year-old little granddaughter and about a month-old grandson, so Mm. that's us. Yes, so fun. So the two of you, Jennifer and Mike, y'all have worked on a few Bible study projects together. So let's start with Jennifer, and if you will just tell us a little bit about that relationship, how that process works, um, and all of that kind of stuff. We want to give the inside scoop, so tell us about that. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you this. The relationship between the author and the editor, to me, makes or breaks a project. Mm -hmm. Because if there's not a good sense of... um, chemistry and not to use literary puns, but being on the same page, (laughs) um, it can make it a very challenging relationship. And so for me, I have had the best, but I'll tell you this, going into my relationship with Mike as editor, I had had another editor for probably four projects and y'all know how this is. You get very attached. Yes. And so I literally (laughs) thought there will never be life after Dale McCluskey. He's been my editor. Mm -hmm. What will I do? (laughs) And I was assured by so many, oh, you're going to love Mike Wakefield. You're going to love him. You're going to love him. And you know what? They were absolutely right, but they underestimated how deeply grateful I would be because Mike has not only been a friend to walk with through the processing of some, some of these are, have been difficult truths to flesh out, mm-hmm. but he's also been pastoral, very mindful with a pastoral mindset toward the reader, which I so appreciate. And he's very protective of making sure that we are clearly communicating, um, and representing scripture correctly. So I personally, I, I say this all the time to my team here. My name is always on the cover, but there are so many names that should be on the cover also who make the project what it is. And Mike Wakefield should be one of the biggest ones on there. <laughs> there you go. He gets his name in the inside cover. So yes, he, he does. Yes, he does. <laughs> Mike, tell us a little bit about uh, your relationship with Jennifer and just how that process works with each of your authors, because I know you have several authors that you're editing. Yeah, it's, uh, I tell you, one of the greatest blessings of getting to do what I get to do uh, is just working with such beautiful, lovely people, uh, you know, on my team, but especially with our authors. And I have loved my relationship with Jennifer through the years. And, uh, you know, I'm not unaware. I mean, when I came into the job, uh, kind of following Dale and uh, kind of stepping into those shoes, mm-hmm. knowing that he had worked with Jennifer for, you know, several projects and and with other authors. Um, but just, you know, stepping into some big shoes there. And I just want to say, I mean, Jennifer was wide open, arms open wide, you know, to accept me and work with me and trust me because that is just such a huge factor between an author and an editor is is trust and from really from day one it's she's been easy to communicate with and there's and like I said there's just been a trust between us and we laugh and have fun together when we're together and it's just been a, to me it's been a very beautiful relationship and I love working with her with with her and Phil uh, it's kind of like old home week when we see each other <laughs> Lots of hugs and talking and, you know, laughter and and really with her whole team, you know, so they've just been so great. Uh, and, uh, it, it is a beautiful process again. And I'm one that, uh, and, and Elizabeth, you know, that, I mean, my heart's way out on my sleeve a lot. So <laughs> I'm a huge hugger and all those kinds of things, you know, just, uh, so I get really attached and very protective of the authors I get to work with. And that means a lot to me. So the relationship 
was really precious to me. And so it's been a joy, a real joy to work with Jennifer. Yeah. I think that is something that a lot of people don't think about if they're not in the publishing industry or haven't written is like just how close an editor and an author work together on projects. Um, And especially since y'all have done multiple projects together, I love hearing that perspective. And Jennifer, speaking of that, we often have women write to us or they they pull us aside at events um, to talk about the writing process. They want to know how it works. Um, And we know for you, the writing process looks a little different than it does for many of our authors. So tell us how you study and write as a woman who is blind. Well, that's such a good question. And and that I'll be interesting interested to hear Mike's perspective too, because I know there's a an extra layer of complexity on mm-hmm. his end because of the way I do things. But I always start every project. Usually I'm always doing personal study and sometimes just something I'm studying personally captures me. And if I don't understand it, I can't let it go. And so Everything I do is on audio. So I literally will listen to my iPhone, read me the scripture over and over. So for example, in the book of Amos, I just listened to it over and over and over. And I kept feeling drawn to it. Yet at the same time, realizing, man, this is tough stuff. Who's going to want to read this, you know? (laughs) But then once I get it really into my heart so that I can actually ask some good questions, then I go online because my computer also talks to me. And so I have access to anything that is public domain. Most dead authors are public domain. And there's some great commentaries, like Matthew Henry's one of my first go-tos. And so I will start reading through Spurgeon or Matthew Henry and what they gleaned from this passage. And then I just begin to assimilate that, see if it answers questions or create questions. Um, I create my own Word documents, um, in my computer of my own thoughts and questions and then begin to outline how I'm learning it and how I would teach it. And it just, it's, it comes across that way. Now, here's the thing. (laughs) When I start sending it to Mike, (laughs) is not very pretty. I used to try a lot harder early in our relationship. I'd have one of my team members clean it up. So I would call it I worthy E Y E. But, but now I'm like, no, we're friends. He can, so I might send something and it might be messy fonts, inconsistent, bold on, bold off, weird lines. And he, he knows to ignore the typos because I do. And somehow he muddles through and can read my work. (laughs) So, Mike, how does your editing process work since Jennifer is blind? Like she was saying, she sends it to you maybe a little bit more uh, raw than some of our other authors. So how does this differ from the editing process with other authors? Well, once I work through all the sister girl and sister friend things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, It's, uh, you know, it is a little different. So, um Just technically, um, with most authors, uh, we use track changes with Mm -hmm. Word documents. And so uh, that's just being able to, the comments are out to the side, all the changes are out to the side. And and if you're a visual, you know, if you have sight, then you're able to see all of that. But... But I don't think, you know, since Jennifer's computer really doesn't see all that or read all that. And even if it it did, I think it would be really confusing to try to find a way to how to use that mm-hmm. so so really one I just am so appreciative of her of her trust in me because when I'm working through the document 
Uh, and it's not as bad as she lets on. But, <laughs> uh, but when I'm working through the manuscript, um, just small things, you know, if there are words or, you know, a phrase that needs, needs to be changed or a sentence that kind of, you know, just needs to be moved around, doesn't really change the meaning or anything. It just needs to be moved around. I just do all of that. And I don't ask her about all those things. And again, just so thankful for her trust. Just trust me to do that. And so I just kind of move some of that around or kind of take care of that without asking her. But there are there are things every session, you know, every day of work of uh, personal Bible study has areas that, you know, like, well, you know what, I really need to let her know that, you know, such and such says this, or, you know, there might be something, a different way that we need to say this. So mm-hmm. a couple of things, sometimes I'll just uh, write out a quick email to her and uh, kind of explain, I'll say like, hey, here's what you said, and here's what I think we should change it to. And I'll send that to her, or I may send a quick text and say, hey, I sent you an email, check this out. And she's always good to get right back to me and say, yeah, that looks great. Or, you know, let's change it to this or whatever. So that's one way that we do that. Uh, this time, I'm not sure we did it before. Uh, it's kind of been different, a little, little bit different every time. But this time what we did in the manuscript, like if there are, again, some significant changes that need to take place, I would just write a note in the manuscript itself that just started. I started every note with just her name. So it would say like, Jennifer, I, I took out this sentence or I, Jennifer, I rearranged this so that when she heard that, when she heard her name, then she would know that, that I'd made a change in the document that I needed her to speak into. Mm-hmm. So, and then every once in a while, we'll get on the phone, you know, I'll just, hey, it's easier just to talk on the phone mm-hmm. about this and things. So again, we've done, this is our third project, third Bible study to do together. And we, to me, I mean, she might feel different, about, but we've not had any issues that I know of that we've no. not been able to communicate and make the changes that we needed to make. No, yeah. it's a gift. It's a gift to me because once Mike and I learned each other, and mm-hmm. like he said, I do trust him. I literally, there, I do say, don't ask, don't tell, just do it. <laughs> and he knows when it's major enough that he needs to ask or tell. Otherwise, I don't need him to ask or tell. I trust him. Yeah, I think that's so um great that y'all work together so well. And I think that's a process that a lot of people, it's kind of a clouded in mystery a little bit. Um, it's so funny. One of the first, one of the most popular posts on Instagram um, from Lifeway Women was a picture of actually my desk. It was a video of my desk and it was just like an editor's desk. And I had like oh. all these books piled up. I had like all, all these pencils and different color pens and post-it <laughs> notes and different stuff. But people are fascinated by that, even though to us who do this as, as our job, I was just like, this is kind of boring day to day. Like you would never want to, like people are like, oh, I would love to just come and watch you work. And I'm like, not really. Like I'm just sitting at my computer reading. Um, but I think it's a, it's a fascinating process for everybody. And so, um, yes, our editors and our, we also have production editors and they may be on the podcast at some point, but Tessa and Aaron who check all the grammar and style and fact check everything and make sure, you know, scriptures are right. That is like, that's just part of the process. And we hope mm-hmm. and we pray that as we write, as we edit, as we fact check and make sure all the comma splices are gone, that um, that, that just helps convey the message that God has for yeah. women. That's really why we do what we do is so that women can fall more in love with Jesus. And so mm-hmm. thank y'all for being open about your process. I think a lot of women 
we'll be excited to hear that um, mm-hmm. and how that works. So, Jennifer, let's talk about Amos. You are getting a reputation as our minor prophets author. <laughs> <laughs> and as I've said before, there are no minor prophet or no what did I say? I can't even remember now. There's no major and minor prophets. There's just some books that are shorter. Um, that are shorter. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so right. the the subtitle of your study, Amos, is an invitation to the good life. And we may not necessarily think of Amos in relation to living a good life. We may <laughs> honestly not think of Amos much at all, because <laughs> um, he right. is a he is a it's a short book in the Bible. So mm-hmm. can you, Jennifer, can you unpack? that subtitle for us a little bit and maybe just tell us a little bit more about Amos, the Bible study as a whole. Well, when I was reading Amos, like I said, I was really attracted to it because of the curiosity, because I didn't understand it. And every book of the Bible matters. And so for me to think that some are overlooked or avoided because they're difficult just drives me crazy. So as I was studying it, I did come to a point. I remember it very vividly. I was sitting on this brown leather love seat in our living room and I had listened to Amos so many times and read so much about it. And I literally thought, why would anyone want to read this? It's so full of condemnations. Mm. And it was as if God just downloaded this image into my mind. Well, what if, what if Israel, who had been invited to seek God and live, what if they accepted that invitation? Then it would have avoided the condemnation. So what if I turn every condemnation into an invitation? What was the invitation that was rejected so that the condemnation appeared? And I'm telling you, it just like flowed. I outlined the whole Bible study within 30 minutes. It all made sense to me. And so that was just the grace of God. But that's why Amos became so attractive to me because it is so rich. And I thought every woman needs to understand what they are invited to. They're invited to live assured that God is with them. They're invited to live faithful. They're invited to live humbly. They're invited to live justly, prayerful, hopeful. I mean, it is so rich. So you can tell, I get a little excited about my minor (laughs) prophets. I felt that way about Haggai. I felt that way about Hosea. And because of the way God has wired me, he's allowed me to be able to make these more difficult and inaccessible books, slightly more accessible. And that just makes me so happy because they've ministered to me so much and I want them to give life to others. Yeah, I love that. And is he known as the prophet of doom? Is that what it is? Yes. I know. We were saying that as we were doing the walkthrough, which is, this is another industry term for for y'all. It's where we walk through the Bible study, but we print it all out and we kind of have each page so that we can get a look of what, everything looks like on the page but we were kind of joking with his nickname as like the prophet of doom <laughs> you know and so but then it's like an invitation to live a good life which is so, or so uh juxtaposed very differently yeah. Yeah. yeah so I love that Mike as you were editing this study you mentioned that you have been a pastor for years you've worked um in ministry for most of your life all your life um right. so did you learn anything about Amos that surprised you or challenged you well, just to be honest, when uh, Amos, <laughs> when I heard we were doing Amos, that wasn't really thrilling to me. <laughs> I didn't have a great experience at the, um, so I was a religious study majors in, in college, and you're well familiar, Elizabeth, with the university that I went to. So, um, yes, but I Mike and I of, are alumni of the same college. <laughs> yes, oh, well, okay. 
Um, so I had a minor profits class while I was mm. at school and I thought well, this will be really interesting. So, but unfortunately the, the professor uh, spent about three quarters of the, the, um, of the semester dealing with Amos and then we <laughs> kind of brushed over the rest of them. And so I was pretty sick of Amos by the time <laughs> we got through all of that. But of course that's been uh, several many, many moons ago, but anyhow, so I didn't have a great first experience with Amos. And so, yeah, yeah so it was real interesting at the writers conference uh, when we were together um, that we were looking at that and talking with Jennifer and writers conference. We do that. All of our, all of our authors come in at the beginning of a project and we sit down around the table with our team. We just talk about content, title, cover, marketing, and those kinds of things. So at this writer's conference for Amos, um, for some reason, I had the bright idea for all of us to read it together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we did. So we read the whole thing. It was like every chapter we would read it. We kind of read it around the room. You know, everybody take a verse. We kind of read it around. And at the end of every chapter, we'd all be like, phew, that was heavy. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. um, but I think it was it was good for us because most of us around that table were not that familiar with the book, uh, and it did it did give us a sense of the weightiness of the text. Um, and I do think many of us thought, "How in the world is Jennifer going to pull this off?" You know, <laughs> but she did beautifully. And uh, as I said, it was not, it wasn't a book in my own studying, in my own preaching that I, I'd never really preached out of Amos. Never really did a lot of study in that, so it was great for me to dig into it. Um, and in fact, Jennifer done that for me twice. Now, Haggai was not a book that, you know, I had also looked at. So Haggai, now Amos. So it was good for me just to dig into the text and to see how, you know, how this ancient prophet's message, mm-hmm. even this message of, of doom, you know, uh, on the, on the, on the, on the level, a surface level yet, but how that fit, in, uh, how it fits into the grand story of scripture mm-hmm. and just how even that, and, and again, Jennifer did such a great job of doing this, shows us, again, of a God who loves his people and is, and is offering this invitation of deliverance and purpose and joy uh, for that invitation to really seek him and live. And so, yeah, I, I am just so appreciative of how uh, she just brought that out. And I love, I didn't really know much of that backstory. At least I didn't remember that, that she was able to do that you know, just in 30 minutes to write out that outline, which does say to me, uh, in all seriousness, uh, you know, just the work of the Lord and yeah. just His goodness in that. So, yeah, yeah. that's so cool. So, um, we'd love to hear this from both of y'all. And we'll start with Jennifer. Why should we study Amos? <laughs> well, every book of the Bible needs to be studied because every mm-hmm. word is living and active. So for, for one, that's it. Because if God sought fit for it to be included, we need to understand it. But secondly, I will say this. Most of us um, read anything autobiographically. The, how does it apply to how, how does it apply to me? How does it apply to me? Mm-hmm. And when you read Amos, I think you see two things. You see the God of Amos, which Mike just spoke a little bit of, how he is the one who was constantly inviting them into a better life. And you see his kindness, his mercy, his long-suffering, and his ultimate deliverance. Yet, because we read autobiographically, what you receive when you read Amos and when you study the Bible study is a practical way to live. I mean, we get caught up in lesser than spiritual habits that don't allow us to really live what I call the God life 
And so we're not living the good life. But when we really begin to examine specifically what took Israel down and we realize we have the same tendencies and God is giving us the opportunity to learn in a very practical way what to avoid and what to receive, then we're able to get over some of these self-defeating habits. I also think a woman, when she studies Amos, this Bible study, not just does she learn so much spiritual truth, but, but I just... I have learned this about myself and other women. There's something that happens in a woman's heart and mind when she begins to understand something that a lot of people avoid in scripture. Mm -hmm. It gives her a sense of esteem. You know, women don't realize that they can learn this stuff. They're smart enough to think through this, to understand it, to ask the right questions, to be okay with the tension of the mystery. And I think studying something like Amos helps a woman realize, hey, look how God wired me. I can figure this out through his spirit and through his grace. So it's just on every level, I believe, going to be real life-giving. Amen. I am just like, you know I'm on the same page with you about Mm -hmm. uh about women learning all of scripture. So I am so thankful that you said that. Definitely. Mike, why do you think we should study Amos? Well, it's going to sound like Jennifer and I shared notes a little bit. Here, <laughs> um, because even though it's weighty, just like she said, it is the inspired word of God. And it's not in the Bible by coincidence. It didn't sneak in there. Um, right. So there's definitely purpose behind it. And I would say this about any any book, you know, um, Amos, Haggai, Isaiah, whatever. I mean, we we need to read and study all of them to get the whole counsel of Scripture. Uh, sometimes we have a tendency just to focus on our favorite books, you know. Are we like, oh, I really like the New Testament, so that's all we read, and you know, or I, I like the narratives in in the Old Testament, so I'm just going to read and study that. But we're, we're going to miss a lot if that's all we're doing. In fact, we're going to miss again that that grand narrative of Scripture. We're going to a hard time seeing that mm-hmm. and not only that if we don't get that full counsel whole counsel of scripture we're going to miss about the character of god um because god has something to say about himself uh through every every word in scripture uh, and he has something to say to each of us so um so yeah and and for this study itself I, again i just love jennifer's approach it, it does help us better see the full character of god uh, that we find in Amos, because again, if you just read it, you would just think, wow, God is wrathful and God is judgmental mm. and God is harsh. And that's that's all you would get, you know, it's all you, you possibly could get, I should say. Uh, and then you might just turn the page thinking, well, wow, I don't need to read that because that's so, that's so bad or that's so hard. But this study will help you see that God is much more than that. He is that. He is a God of wrath and judgment and uh, you know, because he's holy uh, and you will see that, but there is such beautiful purpose behind every condemnation that's there. You just see the beauty of God's holiness. You don't just see the, the, the hard part of that. You see the beauty of his holiness and you see his grace. You can look at that and you can see, as Jennifer said, you see in those condemnations, you do see the invitation of God. You see his grace being extended and you see his, his goodness and his purpose. And so, yeah, if you've not done Amos and you don't haven't read it or you've read it and thought, man, I don't want to go back to that, you <laughs> definitely need to pick up this study because you're going to see a different, um, I say a different side of God. I don't mean it that way. He's always been that. But uh, again, you're going to get a deeper look, I guess, at to say, oh, wow, yeah, let me see 
God for all that he is, not just what I might just read and brush through. And But, but the study will help you get to a deeper level of knowing who he really is. Mm. Good. All right. If y'all aren't re- if y'all haven't already gotten Amos Bible study, I feel like everyone is now ready to <laughs> to get it. We'll have a link in the show notes just so everyone is aware to purchase that Bible study cuz I think we're all fired up now about the prophet mm-hmm. of doom and um, how he <laughs> has an invitation for us for the good life. Yeah, just yeah, just t- hear that, you know, that Star Wars theme, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you read it. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. So we are now, we've co- it's come time for our last question. And we always ask kind of the same question. But since we've asked Jennifer this before, and she has honestly one of our, like, an answer that Kelly and I come back to time and time again um, about, marks being scars and it's beautiful and we'll put a ep- uh, link to her last episode in the show notes but we wanted to do a little twist on our usual question since we have the two of you on um, we want to ask what about the bible study writing and editing process so it can be Amos or it can be like a past thing or just kind of more general writing and editing has marked you in your walk with Christ. And Mike, we'll start with you because I want Jennifer to have the last word. <laughs> so Mike, if you'll tell us first what has marked you about the writing and editing process in your walk with okay. Christ. Okay, great. That's a great question. And I don't mind going first and letting Jennifer have the last word. I'm <laughs> perfectly fine with that. Um, you know, overall, um, and Elizabeth, I started to say E because that's what I said. So, <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm known at work. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, and we've talked about this before uh, about how, I mean, our job is to get to come to work or staying at home now and working from home, but to open up the word of God all day long and just pour over the word of God. uh, Wow. I mean, what favor of the Lord. And that is not lost on me, just the blessing of God to get to do that. And so, um, I, and I don't look at it, and I try my best not to just see this, oh, this is just my job to edit a Bible study. Because you can fall into this thing of like the Bible just becomes the next place we get the next Bible study from. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is just, you know, this is just what I do. But I, I pray, and I really do, I just ask the Lord not to let me have that kind of um, heart about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I hear people say, you know, well, I want to keep my quiet time separate from my, in my Bible study separate from this job. And I, and I get that. I understand that. But for me, I don't want to do that. I want to, when I start editing, I want God to use all of that. Not just, I want him to use that in my life. Um, and, um, and just to use that. And I walk away I always walk away from the process and from the Bible study, from my editing, when I, whatever study that I've worked on, and, and God has given me so many opportunities to work on, on some great studies. But I always walk away from that process feeling like I've been a little more shaped to look like Jesus mm-hmm. because of this process. And again, sorry, I'm getting a little emotional about it. Um, okay. It's just such a heart of gratefulness uh, to the Lord for that. I mean, He's afforded me such a beautiful blessing of working with such great people, and that includes you, Elizabeth, on my team. Mm-hmm. My team is great to work with, but just wonderful, wonderful authors uh, like Jennifer that I just get to 
to walk alongside them. And not only from my journey, but to hear from their journey, not just about Amos, but you, you know, you, if when you do this enough and you do video shoots and everything, you get to know more about their lives and everything mm-hmm. than just this Bible study project. So, you know, um, we're just not meant to be isolated. We are community is, is what God designed us for in the body of Christ. And so to walk alongside some of these uh, precious people that are authors like Jennifer, I just learned so much from them and I'm a better man and a better husband and a better father and a better servant of the Lord because of it. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, Yeah. that's beautiful. All right, Jennifer. Okay, well, that's hard to follow, but I would follow Mike anywhere. And so it's my honor to follow Mike. Okay, you know, it's hard for me to make this into one thing, um, how it has marked me the process of writing. And I'll just stick with Amos just because it's the freshest thing on my mind. But I think for me, it it did some things in my life. It, um, it gave me a different perspective on... Um, humility and on justice. And they were two things I really needed because I saw the connection, I think, for the first time of how when when humility is not honored or when holiness doesn't matter most, nothing else matters at all. And so um, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I can watch the news or look online and, you know, what's going on in the world is devastating. There's injustice, there's oppression, there's poverty, and I can't fix it, and I hate to feel it because I can't do anything about it, and it's just overwhelming. Studying Amos, I think, marked me in that it helped me deal with what what that kind of sense of overwhelm <laughs> because I realized that it's just righteous action coming from a right heart with God, showing right relationships with people so that when we have that kind of public activity and that's really what our heart is about, then it becomes this perpetual thing in our lives that can change things like Amos, I think it's 524 says that justice would roll like a mighty river and righteousness, like a never ending stream. Just studying Amos and seeing how humility impacts justice and how God cares about mercy and justice and how I can be a part of it instead of being intimidated by it has really marked me to live more like the woman God called me to be. Mm-hmm. So good. And I think we're all kind of feeling that, um, especially in the past two and a half years. So um, I think this is definitely a timely study as God's word is always timely. But I think this prophet that we may not even think about very much um, studying his invitation to the good life um, is is a timely study for right now. So thank you both for being on the podcast for sharing a little bit about how the process works and giving our listeners a behind the scene look at Bible studies. We appreciate it. It was awesome. Love you guys. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Elizabeth. Um, love you too. And by the way, just so you know, Amos 524 was right. Jennifer, just to edit. <laughs> you know. There you go. Editing right here, live on the I, podcast. I, I love, love to hear that. When your editor says you're right, like write that on the fridge. Woo! There you go. There you go. <laughs> and we have it recorded for you, Jennifer. So you thank always you. have that. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you listeners for joining us. And we hope to uh, be with you again next week and Kelly will be back then so she is so much better at the sign-offs than I am so I will just say we'll we'll be with you next week please join us bye
Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.